Hey, John Harris here with the Rock Metal Podcast. Join me as we get to go behind the scenes into what goes into producing records and making music as we interview some of our favorite and soon-to-be favorite bands. And today we're chatting with Mark Haleman of Suicide Silence. For fans of Whitechapel, Chelsea Grin, Born of Osiris, and All Shall Perish, we'll be chatting about Suicide Silence's new album, Remember You Must Die, produced by Taylor Young in conjunction with Morgoth Beats. We'll get to hear the story about how all of that came to be, how to make a record as heavy as possible, and so much more. So please stay tuned to the very end. But first, let's check in with our beautiful sponsors. Asher Media Relations, doing public relations for everything loud. For your band needs to be seen and heard in print, online, and radio, head over to ashermediarelations.com. That's ashermediarelations.com. Mention the Rock Metal Podcast and get your band noticed. Syndicall Music is a full-service agency for musicians offering record label services, marketing, branding, production, and management. Head over to syndicallmusic.com. That's syndicallmusic.com. S-Y-N-D-I-C-O-L music.com. Mention the Rock Metal Podcast and take your music career to the next level. All right, Mark, thank you so much for coming on and say hello to all of our beautiful listeners. Hey, what's up, listeners? What's going on? Well, it's a beautiful day now that you are here, my good man. Now, great record. What was the greatest moment for you producing this record, Mark? Greatest record for me producing this record? Um, I think I would I would say that just getting to know Taylor Young, the producer of the album. Um, he is a fucking awesome dude, awesome producer. And we had a great time putting together with him. Uh, and he took us to uh, Studio 606, the Foo Fighters studio. And that was really cool to be able to go there and uh, record drums. So. Yeah, that's I think I think working with producers is one of the coolest things to do on an album and it can really change from producer to producer and Taylor was just so fun to work with. Like we've never worked with someone that is literally I, I say it all the time uh, doing all these interviews is he's our age. We've never done that before. So we're just working with somebody that like we could crack jokes and guarantee he's going to get it, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sorry, sorry to all the other producers if you're listening to this. We're not saying you're old and you don't get us or anything, but you know, right. yeah. you're old and you don't get us. I know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Remember that time we had the chance to work with Mutt Lang, but he didn't get any of our jokes, so we were just like, huh. <laughs> cool. So getting to know Taylor Young, who's the producer of the album, we'll definitely turn around and chat about that um, again. Going to Studio Six Hundred Six, a Foo Fighter studio, to record drums, and then um, you mentioned that working with Taylor, he's your own age. Um, probably actually both of our age. I don't know how old you are, but I imagine we're about the same age. So that's cool. Um, I'm 35 years old. Sweet. I'm about to be 38. So yeah, we're, we're hanging in there, baby. Mm -hmm. Um, and it can change, it can change from producer to producer. Um, I guess my follow-up question to that, if I could pick like one thing is <clears throat> recording drums at the Foo Fighters studio. Were you there for that? Can you talk about that? Oh, a hundred percent. So <laughs> We, we we thrive on being a live band. We write music together. We play the songs together. We uh, we imagine these songs as uh, as live performances. So when it comes to recording the drums, we always try to approach it as live as we possibly can. So uh, 606 was the perfect studio for it because it's got a huge tracking room. Couldn't tell you the dimensions, but it's got a really, really big. So, and then there's individual ISO rooms. So we got to set up all of our cabinets and ISO rooms and put on headphones and have the drums all mic'd up in front of us and stand around Ernie, who was recording drums 
uh, playing the song to us playing the song, not playing to scratch tracks, not playing to pre-recorded anything. Everything was recorded live off click. Um, there's two parts that are recorded at click because the one is super fast and we wanted to make sure it was perfectly fast and one is super slow and we wanted to make sure it was perfectly slow. Uh, but everything else is off click and live. So yeah, we got to go into this place, which Studio 606 is not open to the public. It's uh, You have to know someone to go there and uh, we were able to get that in and get get in and 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 you utilize that studio, which is technically more of a rehearsal space for the Foo Fighters almost than a than a than a studio, even though it is a fully stocked studio. Um, yeah, it's cool. It's like the Foo Fighters headquarters, and it's also like the Foo Fighters almost Nirvana museum too. And you're not allowed to take pictures in there. Like you're you're you can see it, but you're not allowed to. Or you could take pictures, you can't post it. Mm-hmm. So like I have a picture of me in the bathroom holding the uh, the the learn to fly uh, moon man from the VMAs, mm-hmm. which like dude that music video was a major game changer in my life. Like look at all the Suicide Silence's music music videos. We were inspired by those funny, quirky, not so serious uh, music videos. So yeah, it was just all this uh this amazing just childhood. You never even knew you wanted to go to a place like that because it didn't exist when you were a kid. And it's like, holy shit, this was like built for me. <laughs> you built this for me, right? Hey, you knew I was coming. That is fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. But on a serious note, Studio 606, the Foo Fighters layer, getting to record drums there, holding the Learn to Fly VMA Video Music Award from the MTV days and being inspired by that music video and creating your own music videos for Suicide Silence. Uh, question, are you familiar at all with the URM Academy and Nail the Mix? I just did their podcast yesterday. Sweet. With Taylor. Yeah. Sweet. Um, so yeah, my son was doing the the most recent one with Machine, and I, I know that he had some some questions about that. And some time ago, a year ago, two years ago, they did one with two Madsen, and I, I remember going over uh, a track, and it was like, holy crap, this band is good. They did this live off the floor without a click? Like, wow. Um and so it was really cool to hear, you know, that formula, I guess, that that rhythm of how you guys work uh, still coming through live, live off the floor. Only a couple things with Click you mentioned, which is super romantic. Um, you want to just be perfectly fast and perfectly slow. And I just imagined you on a date sitting across some, you know, and saying, sometimes I like to go perfectly fast and other times I like to go perfectly slow. It's got to be just right. <laughs> it's got to be just right. Don't worry, yeah. we'll have individual ISO rooms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, to what you said, I mean, I think that there's 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 kind of different methods of approaching how you're going to capture the sound that the band makes. And some bands, they're approaching creation of sound to recreate on stage. You know, let's make these this, this noise and then figure out how to make the noise on stage. And then there's other ways of going, we make this sound together, let's figure out how we're going to capture it. And we're just kind of more on that that other side of it. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Uh, what was the biggest challenge for you on this record? Um, I would say uh, we kind of we kind of messed up in not having Eddie down as often. Uh, our our singer lives in San Francisco, and we are all in Southern California. And the biggest challenge I think was having enough time working on the lyrics and vocals. It all became this kind of everything was happening all at once once Eddie was down and in the studio with us and we needed to actually re- have revisions you know so there was it was kind of this thing um Eddie was going and working on vocals with uh, Morgoth if you know who Morgoth is 
Mm-hmm. He's a producer, uh, works in hip hop a lot, and he was working on Eddie, working on Eddie, working on vocals with Eddie, <laughs> as opposed to Eddie coming straight to us or us going to Morgoth. Like we were working on music and Eddie was working on lyrics to demos that we had. And there was this little disconnection. And then once we all came together, we realized we need to have revisions and we need revisions quick because we're in the studio right now. So it became this kind of, um, we were all confident in the music and then it created a, all right, you did everything you did with Morgoth. Now we're in here with Taylor and I work on lyrics and other people in the band have their input. We're we're a, we're a five headed beast. So (laughs) Um, once we were actually working on that, it became, uh, how do we also being good collaborators, man? Like we don't want to knock anybody down and be like, your idea sucks. Like this is the worst shit ever. It's more just like, you know what? Like I already have an idea and I want to, I want to present this idea, uh, without telling without making you feel like what you have done is worthless or something like that. So, uh, yeah. It, and then it, and then again, that's kind of harkens back to your first question what was so badass about it was working with taylor we had this like awesome producer and he's really good with lyrics and it made me and eddie and taylor realize real quickly like this is a great trifecta right here once Mm -hmm. once we got past the the uh the the hard part about it we realized this is actually great this is really fun we're having a good time uh you know revising all of these lyrics and coming up with with other ideas so even though that was probably the most challenging it's still uh presented a uh, this new trifecta of taylor eddie and myself that we're just we were just killing it and having a great time doing all of that well that makes sense i mean turning the challenge into a bonus and a plus but basically messing up not having eddie down as often because he lives in san francisco and the rest of the band is in socal so having enough time to work on those lyrics and those vocals and how eddie was working on vocals with Morgoth, and then eventually just became this trifecta of eddie taylor and mark and that once you got past the hard part of it you had a lot of fun but i mean maybe chat a little bit about morgoth morgoth Dude, Morgoth kills it, man. Morgoth is killing it. He he it was great to have him involved in this. And another little side step about that is that he bought a cabinet from me in like 2009 or something, a, a, a guitar cab. And I got to know him and then I started giving him lesson guitar lessons for like maybe a year or two. And that's how I first met him back when he was Michael Montoya out from I think he moved here from Arizona and was at going to MI. So I've known him for a long time. Wow. Very cool. You're available for guitar lessons. Good to know. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes. Okay. Very cool. Um, one thing I read about in the EPK was HAP. I don't know if that's how you guys mm. are saying it, but yeah. HAP or H-A-P or happy. How happy can we make this song? <laughs> how happening. How happening, baby. What, heavy what's as happening? Po- heavy as possible and constantly asking, is this song heavy as possible? And I'll start with a broad stroke question, which is basically just tell us about that experience you know i think that it's kind of always been our ethos so to say is you know make things heavy as possible but i would say that um from album to album maybe what everybody thinks is heavy has changed or evolves and uh on this in particular i think that once that phrase was said garza said it day one we had the conversation what are we going to do on this album before we even started writing it? What are we going to do? And he was like, let's just go heavy as possible. Everybody loved it. H-A-P. He started joking around. Totally. If you know Garza, he'll be like, you know, it's hap. You know, he just started going on a rant and um, we all got on it. We all loved it. And on this, I think we all had the same intention of what heavy 
meant to us at this point. We were all on the same page. So it's like this kind of not so new um, way of approaching it. But I think we were just on, we were reading the same book and we were, we knew what we wanted. We, we all knew what we wanted. And same with Taylor, back to Taylor. Like he is a heavy producer. So this heavy as possible thing, uh, there was no, no miscommunication, no lost in translation, heavy as possible. And that's all. And when that happens, that does, it creates a fun writing environment. And if you're listening to something that somebody's uh, throwing at you, if it's, it's immediate, you know, right away, you're like, okay, yeah, that, that has potential, but it's not quite there yet. Or that's it. You know, it's just right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, something you mentioned was being on the same page. How do you make a song heavy? Like, how do you know when you're there? And you mentioned like, we knew when we were there, we were all on the same page. Taylor was on the same page. We knew when we were communicating it. Um, but can you describe how you knew when you were there? How did you know that the song wasn't heavy enough and it could get heavier? It's 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 really down to chemistry and the fact that we have wrote a lot of songs together. And even Ernie, who this is like kind of his first real album with us, has written songs with us on our previous album. Um, so it wasn't his first time. And how it works with us is if something isn't to someone's liking, speak up and if it, but don't speak up unless you have something you're going to present with that you know disagreement of that part like bring something don't just say you don't like it or else we're going to get mad at you or you know like it's like we're going to this won't result in a good like it, that's we're always trying not to get mad in the jam space you know because we've stormed out of rooms and left and done all kind you know we've gotten all these big fights and stuff while writing but it's like why you know why are you why are we getting mad you know so it's like we're trying to we, we've tried to over the years get past that and it's like if you don't like something usually you vehemently don't like it like oh god that's gonna ruin this fucking song so if it's gonna ruin the song for you have the idea and make it better and stoke us out, make us laugh instead of getting us mad. And that's usually how it works. You know, it's like someone will, you know, they'll be so against it that they'll be like, oh, this is fucking, this is way better. And then everyone agrees. So it just, it makes a more uh, cohesive and enjoyable session if that's the way that it's worked. Well, that makes sense. Going back to the whole chemistry thing, making sure you're on the same page, et cetera, et cetera. Now, something else that I happened to read was trying to recapture the sound of the cleansing. How did that factor into creating this record i wouldn't even say that that was something that we spoke about i mean i think that this is the, the thing that happened with the cleansing is that we it's all i would say it happened on accident on this like us being on the same page and reading the same book that is what we were doing during the cleansing and didn't realize it and over the years maybe we were on the same page but we didn't communicate it well so it didn't uh we we just didn't have as much chemistry yet. We were still young. And now this is whatever, our seventh album, and we've written over a hundred songs and done tons of experimenting and tons of different things. And the reason why I think this maybe can come off like it sounds like the cleansing, because to, to me, I don't really think it does. I just think that the energy that was put into it is so similar to that time. And we haven't really, uh, we haven't been on that same page like this in a really long time. So I think the energy that you get when you listen to the music is like, this kind of sounds old school, but the riffs are so much different. The songs are so much different. And um, it's it, it, the cleansing is always going to live on an island because we were so young and, and 
the, our abilities were only so had, had only developed so far, you know? So, so it's like, we're never going to be able to fully recreate that, but at least being, it, it's, it's kind of, I don't want to, I say like lightning in a bottle, like it's such a cliche thing, but this is kind of a lightning in a bottle type record, like mm-hmm. how it, how it came about like this. And it turned out the way it did. It's like, I still listen to it and go, damn, man, like this really is, it sounds like us firing on all cylinders again. And I haven't heard that in a long time. And I love the way you put that. It's us firing on all cylinders again. And then on the cleansing, you guys were on the same page, you know, maybe by accident or, or whatever the case may be. There, there is elements that sound totally cleansing-ish, but that's also because, I mean, dude, that's, that's, our, that's our sound. So Yeah. Yeah. Like you said earlier, it's the collection of you guys in a room playing. More to come, but let's go ahead and check in with our beautiful sponsors. Two Mads is responsible for producing, mixing, and mastering some of the best metal for over the last 20 years. From Meshuggah to The Haunted to Poison Black, Kemper Profiler packs for guitar players, and Easy Drummer expansion packs for programming drums. Two Madsen can take your production to a level previously unheard. Head over to twomadsen.com. That's twomadsen.com. T-U-E-M-A-D-S-E-N. Click contact, fill out the info for your next project, and let Two know that the Rock Metal Podcast sent you. Wormhole Death is a modern record label, publishing, and film production company born in 2008. Getting signed to this label means global distribution, publishing, and marketing with Wormhole Death's roster of global partnerships. Head over to wormholedeath.com. That's wormholedeath.com. Submit your band and let them know the Rock Metal Podcast sent you. How would you define success at this stage of your career? You'll never really know if you if you're being successful. That's how I would define it. I think it's a mystery. I think that it's a it's a fleeting thing i think there's moments of times where you're like okay that was a success but then there's the feeling afterwards but it could have been more successful so there's i think for me i don't i don't really gauge things in terms of like if if it was a if it's a failure you know you know that's 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 another one but if it's a failure it's an opportunity to learn so um success definitely is in the eye of the beholder some people want to be selling out stadiums but they're only selling out arenas <laughs> you know <laughs> <Yeah>. you know <laughs> we're, we're still we're still selling out thousand cap venues and i mean a sellout's a success <laughs> so <laughs> that's a, that's a difficult one to fully answer and i, I always make the kind of joke is that i feel like i damned myself when i was really young because I, i've always known i wanted to be a musician and i said that i'll be happy if I can pay my bills and pay for groceries and, and have a, have a, a place to live, you know? And if that's my gauge for success, then I'm very successful. You know, I can, I can pay my, I can pay my bills and I can buy myself food. You know, sometimes there's no more than that, but I mean, I'm not starving. What <laughs> <laughs> damned yourself because you knew you wanted to be a musician. Sound familiar to anyone? And you'll be happy if you can pay your bills, buy groceries and have a place to live. So by that, well, you are successful and your band is selling out. So there you go. Perfect. Now, somebody you've mentioned quite a few times is Taylor Young, and I know that my son had uh, some questions about machines, so I'll just go to a production question and just say whatever it is that you want to say. Taylor Young, machine, let me have it. Uh, Machine is still a super good friend of mine, and we talk often, and he's a very, very talented producer. Uh, and Taylor Young has become a good friend of mine, and he's a super talented producer. They are almost polar opposite producers. Uh, there's there's this kind of if 
but I'm speaking on the way the machine worked with us. Machine was this kind of, I'm going to program the human into you guys. I'm going to use all of my technical abilities to make you sound the way you sound, or maybe even better. And Taylor is the kind of producer of, you guys are visceral. You sound awesome. I want to find a way to capture the best version of you. And uh, neither one of those is the correct way. I don't think there is a correct way. And I think that they're both savants in their own their own way and extreme uh, taste. They both have great taste and e- exclusive taste. And I think that's important too, is knowing what you really, really like. And then also being able to identify other people's taste, knowing when like, oh, you know, people can like that, but that's not something that I like. You know, observing art, you know, and 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 dissecting art. Both of them are they're they're also, they're totally different people, but yeah, just amazing producers. Yeah, well, it sounds like it was absolutely a wonderful experience to be able to work with both. And and like you said, you know, they're both completely different producers. Machines more like programming the human into you. Taylor's more like you know, come as you are, accepting you as you are, kind of thing. But in in both cases, just becoming masters of the craft, identifying your own taste, developing your own taste, identifying somebody else's taste, you know, getting to know art for art's sake. Something else that I wanted to uh, get on was you had mentioned, shall, shall I call them campy music videos? Funny, quirky? Yeah. I mean, I think that it kind of goes back to what I was saying about how we're we try to have fun with what we're doing and we try to have some sort of fun aspect to the band and all the way back to even before I was in suicide silence, which I joined in 2005 and the band's been around since 2002. I knew them as this death metal band that had family guy samples. And I'm like, Oh, that's that band that they use the family guy samples. (laughs) And it was, it was kind of funny, but it also, it, it had this kind of it's stark difference in the live show. You'd be like this, funny sample that you if you know family guy you'd be like oh i know that sample and then all of a sudden it's just like whoa fuck this is crushing me um and i think that that is once we you know had our had our feet in our shoes at, at, a, at a later date and we were able to you know decide what we wanted to do music video wise i feel like that is kind of where it all came from is like having this little balance of we don't want people to look at us and think that we're gonna murder them we want people to look at us and and you know feel a little bit more human towards us and if we can make fun videos and we can uh entertain them i almost want to make a music video where you're so captured by the music video and so entertained by the music video you have to watch it a couple times to hear the song i want the song to be the second like the the secondary to it uh and to to make it so it has rewatchability and yeah, it's just fun, man. I mean, how could it not be cool to sit around with your friends and be like, how can we take what this song means and turn it into, you know, us getting shot on the other side of a a, a shooting range by priests and chicks and, you know, all different kinds of even videos talking about what that video coming up with that. So it's another beat with your music. Okay. <laughs> Beautiful. What's the number one thing that you want people listening right now to do? I mean, usually everybody's trying to look for uh, a break. You know, there's life is hard. Life is life beats you down. You know, and if you're looking for a nice podcast to listen to to uh, to get away from it all, uh, yeah, unplug and and yeah, try to try to take a break mentally. 
you know, if you're here for information and uh, want to learn something, um, then uh, I would say um, look in another look another direction because I ain't no teacher. I was just gonna say that you know uh, I I play music because I always want I did I wanted an escape I wanted something to like free me from from whatever life stresses and angst you know I might have and uh, if that's why you listen to music then. Uh, come to a show, listen to our records and know that we're, that's where our band really uh, you know, comes from. It's like, we want to, we want to set people free for a little bit and, you know, just be able to have a good time. We, we, we're still rooted in fun. And, and even though our music is violent and gnarly sounding, uh, we're like the total opposite kind of people. We just want to have a good time, enjoy ourselves and make some cool music. Yeah, could not agree more. Set people free a bit, rooted in having fun musically. And then most importantly, like you mentioned, maintaining mental health, unplug a bit, relax, you know, maybe enjoy a podcast. And if you're enjoying this podcast, this would be a good time to tell a friend about it. You know, hit that like, hit that subscribe button, make sure that you're getting all the notifications for future episodes. And also as well, go ahead and head over to the rockmetalpodcast.ca. There you'll get all the show notes for today, transcripts, music videos, links to connect with Suicide Silence. And speaking of which, Mark, thank you so much for coming on to the Rock Metal Podcast today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. That's it for this episode of the Rock Metal Podcast. Stay tuned because next week we're going to be chatting with Justin Brett and Simon Gardner of the band Found Missing. They hired a hip-hop producer to work on their debut hard rock album. How did it turn out, you ask? You'll have to tune in next week to find out. Go ahead and hit subscribe on your podcast player, share it with your friends, and I'll see you next week. 